Hey everybody, so glad to have you along tonight. This is Josh Carson, UPCI Youth Ministries, and uh, just wanted to let you know that we are thrilled to have just recently completed our general conference where we celebrated uh, not only a great youth day, if you haven't been able to listen to the message from Brother Chantry Dean and listen to the worship and watch that from Sister Stephanie Gallion, you need to jump on the uh, UPCI Facebook page and watch those services. They turned out great. God really blessed us with an amazing general conference. But it was there that we were able to celebrate an all-time record offering given to She's for Christ. So thank you so much for helping us to accomplish that $5,364,411.42. Yes, I could just say $5.3 million, but it feels better to say it all. So uh, thank you for helping us working hard and believing in the cause, uh, recognizing it was more than a campaign, but advance truly is the cause, helping us with our purpose of educating and engaging young people, young adults, uh, to get involved in the kingdom of God and to get involved right now. It helps us to create resources like this one. So thanks for taking the time and joining in on the uh, the call. Why don't you just, if possible, pray with me wherever you're at. If you're driving, keep your eyes open and pray, as I like to say. But uh, no matter where you're at listening to this podcast, pray and ask that the Lord would maybe just touch your heart and your mind before you hear from our speaker tonight so that it can be the most effective possible. Lord, you're good to us, better than we possibly could deserve. But we thank you for loving and trusting us with the opportunity to be involved in youth ministry, young adult ministry in any capacity. We ask that your blessing would be upon us, that you would help us this night, that you would touch our speaker, but touch our ears, our, our hearts, our minds, to be receptive to the things that we hear and that are shared with us. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, and we say amen. Well, for October's call, we are delighted to have Allison Barber. Uh, Allison is first and foremost a servant of Jesus Christ, and her and her husband Chris are partnered in ministry. They've had a great privilege to serve as the youth pastor at Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis, and they, they work there at Indiana Bible College. Um, but I want you to know that Chris also serves as our youth president for the Indiana District, and Sister Allison serves right alongside of him, and they do just an incredible job. Before they stepped into their youth ministry role, Allison earned her degree in marketing while working in a, a consultant for web development, social media, and online marketing. So she is a, a sharp cookie. In 2012, Chris and Allison were blessed with their firstborn, Silas, and four years later, sweet Samson joined the family. Allison is a part-time homemaker, part-time marketing coordinator, and a full-time wife and mom, and all the moms out there understand exactly what that means. She views being a mom her greatest joy in life, and we honor that and celebrate that right alongside of her. She is a self-proclaimed coffee addict, a Sudoku nerd, and an organizing aficionado. So, Allison, we couldn't be more happy to have you on the call with us tonight. Just take your time and share your heart with the youth workers that are listening in. Thank you so much, Brother Carson. I appreciate this opportunity that um, you all in the rankings and the Thomases have given me not only to be a part of this awesome resource for youth workers, but also for 
always pouring into both me and my husband's lives and all of the other youth workers um, that you all have the opportunity to rub shoulders with. Um, I also want to thank Pastor and Sister Mooney for investing in both myself and my husband as well. Uh, you know, we are so, so honored to serve both the Moonies and the students of Calvary Tabernacle. Uh, we love them so dearly and appreciate all of their support. Um, when I think about the role of a youth pastor's wife, my mind immediately goes to what I imagine that my pet hamster must have felt like as a kid. Um, my parents were so kind as to buy us one of those awesome cages for our hamster that had the tubes that uh, allowed us to create endless opportunities for our hamster to explore. And that's kind of how I feel um, being a youth pastor's wife is. There's endless opportunities for you to explore and to grow and to serve. And there's a little tiny bit of an idea of what might be beyond that next curve. Um, so we've been youth pastors for six years, um, but I've been in and around youth programs my entire life. Um, my kids, my parents were actually already on the youth staff when I was born. So I was kind of born into the youth program. Um, as a little girl, we went to all the youth functions. Um, as a Sunday school girl, I remember my mom sometimes coming in, getting me out of class. Uh, to play the piano for youth service because they didn't have anybody there that night that could play. Um, and then, of course, I had my own tenure in the youth program. And then immediately after I graduated, uh, I was privileged to join the youth staff and start um, giving back that way. So all of that being said, I've had a lot of time to serve and grow in the youth ministry. And so today I want to focus on five of the habits that I've seen um, successful youth pastors' wives develop and um, carve out in their lives. So the first one, and obviously the most important, is prayer. It's so critical to uh, carve out time for prayer for your life, um, but not only for yourself, but for your husband, um, for guidance for you all, for the program, for the leaders that you serve. Um, for the young people that you serve, uh, there's just, there's no shortage of things that it's just critical that as a youth pastor's wife, you spend time praying for and seeking God's face um, for him to bless you and guide you and direct you. First uh, John 5, 14 puts it this way, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And that is just to me, something that speaks so deeply um, to a youth pastor's wife that might have that hamster mentality, like, I don't know what the next step is. Um, my husband's not sure what the next step is. We're trying to find God's will. We're trying to encourage these students. Um, but it's important we can remember we have confidence in him. He's never failed us yet. Um, and we have that confidence. So prayer, I think, is the first habit that um, really carves out and defines a successful youth pastor's wife. Um, the second habit I feel like is learning to be a support. Um, for some youth pastor's wives, there's, there's an idea that, uh, well, I don't really have a role. My husband's the one that is preaching, my husband's the one that's ministering, 
my husband's the one that was elected to this position. And um, in my experience and from my studying, I don't find anywhere in the Bible that says uh, that your husband is called to the ministry and that you're not. I, I see do not be unequally yoked. And to me, that's how can I best support um, the program? How can I catch the vision that the pastor has set forth for the young people? How can I imp uh, apply that vision uh, that my husband is trying to uh, share with the young people? How can I share the burden? I know in talking with my husband, I was asking him kind of what were some of the things that he felt were a critical role as a youth pastor's wife to support him. And um, one of the things that he had mentioned was, it's nice to have somebody that shares the burden of the youth program. So it's a heavy burden on husbands and on youth pastors to um, help shape these young people for the future, to know uh, that they're going to be living for the Lord and they're going to be serving the kingdom and growing in the kingdom and reaching the lost. It's a big responsibility and knowing that your wife is there supporting you through that and, and helping you um, is a big help for them. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that I think is important as a youth pastor's wife to support your husband in times of discouragement um, and being that encouragement for him. Um, there's going to be times where young people fail you. There's going to be times where that young person that you thought had their life together makes a horrible mistake and they feel like they can't come back for it, from it. And your husband might feel like if I had done more, maybe that hadn't happened. Or, um, you know, if I would have spent more time with them and it, it's, it's, a huge responsibility for a youth pastor's wife to support your husband and say, you did what God has called you to do. Um, they are not broken. This is just a hiccup in the road. Um, God has done so many other greater things. He's got greater things coming, being that encouragement. And, and um, as brother Mooney says it in baby dedications, it's not exactly um applicable, but he says the mom has a responsibility to show the good things in life. And sometimes it's easy to get your eyes on the bad things or things that might not exactly go the way that you want them to. But as a wife, really helping your husband to see the good things that are going on in the program. And there always are good things going on in a youth program. Um, the other important thing, element of support that I feel like is um, building up your husband's respect in the church and among the young people. Um, it's easy to, um, if you hear young people saying things like, I can't believe Brother Barbara's making us do this, or the youth pastor's making us do that, or this event is bogus, or whatever. Um, it's, it's easy to not say anything. Um, but it's your role to support your husband and build him up and respect him and say, you know, he's doing that because he loves you. Um, you know, we can maybe make this event more fun if we go start playing this game that's here or just really supporting and, and encouraging um, everybody to respect your husband and respect the role that he's in. Um, the third thing uh, that I feel like the third habit of successful youth pastor's wives um, is really 
putting an emphasis on the home as a haven. And that's a little counterintuitive, I think, than at first thought, because when you think, what is my role as a youth pastor's wife? You feel like it's just your role at the church as related to the youth. But just as importantly, um, a youth pastor has a role to make sure that when your husband is at home, that it's a safe place, that it's a happy place, that it's peaceful, um, that your kids know that when mom and dad are home, if you have kids, that when you're home, you're focusing on them, um, that there is a little bit of separation between your personal life and the things that are going on in the youth program. Um, Matthew 12, 25 says, and Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every or city city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Um, I feel like that's applicable to the lives of a youth pastor and a youth pastor's wife, whether there's children involved at the, in the home or not. But if the youth pastor's wife and the youth pastor are not on the same page, then God can't do what he wants to do. And a way that you can get on the same page is recentering and refocusing at home and really developing your personal walks with God at home and growing your relationship at home. Um, I think that's hugely, hugely key. Um, the fourth habit I feel like is lending your strengths to the students of your youth program, to your youth staff and to your husband. Um, it's interesting to me that most youth pastors and youth pastors' wives have completely opposite strengths and weaknesses. And I feel like that that is on purpose. God has created us as men and women to complement each other. Um, <clears throat> so something that your husband might be phenomenal at, uh, you might be horrible at, and that is okay because that's the way that God created us. We can't be good at everything. So, um, for instance, in our situation, I have a marketing degree and um, had experience in the marketing world before we became youth pastors. And so um, I am able to help my husband through some of the communication with parents, some of the um, maybe outreach ideas or events, kind of making them a little bit more exciting or marketing focused. Um, and he is amazing at connecting with young people. And so we really just kind of play off of each other's strengths and weaknesses. Um, again, maybe you might be completely musical and your husband doesn't have a musical bone in his body. Um, it's important to lend those strengths to um, the students. Um, I, I think it's easy for youth pastor's wives to kind of take a step back and say, um, especially if you have young kids in the picture, say somebody else can do it. There's enough people here. Um, but there's something special about young people seeing not only their youth pastor being involved, but seeing their youth pastor's wife being involved um, and modeling for those young women and young men what it's like to have a, a woman of faith that can um, not only support the program and support their husbands, but use their talents. You know, um, Jesus told the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, and I don't think that that parable excluded youth pastors' wives from, well, somebody else has has that same talent or 
I want to make sure I give all the young people opportunities. Yes, you do want to give them opportunities. Um, but I think it's important to also lend your strengths, not um, to waste your talents just because you feel like you're in a season or you're too busy or you might not have the resources or the time to be able to do exactly what you want to do. Um, and so that kind of leads into my uh, fifth and final habit of successful youth pastor's wives. And that is um, <clears throat> to involve your team and the youth wherever you can. So it's easy to say, well, I have to take care of my kids or I have a job or I have a lot of youth pastors and youth pastor's wives are bi bivocational. And um, so they might be working a full-time job and they might be involved in district level work. Um, it's a season that's a busy season. Um, and it's really easy to say, well, I would spend time with the girls, but I just, I'm way too busy. Um, and it's, it's so easy to get those girls involved. Um, one thing that I love to do is if we are going to be at a specific service, I might ask one of the girls to come with us, um, and help me with the boys. And that gives us time to connect with her on the way to the event, on the way home, um, gives her a time to connect with my kids. Um, another thing that I like to do is whenever I'm preparing for an event, if I have to get food ready or make something, I'll invite some of the girls that like to bake to come over and help me with those. Like if I'm making cupcakes for something, hey, do you guys mind coming over and just helping us get these cupcakes out the door? They feel like they're helping. They're getting to do something they like to do. Um, and you, you get to use that as a time to connect with those young people. Um, now, there's a difference in, you know, always having somebody just babysitting your kids so you can do other things. The important here, the important key here to me is that you're allowing it as a time to connect with the girls. So, um, yes, it's great for them to be able to watch your kids. But if they're always feeling like they're just watching your kids and they're not getting to connect with you, um, you know, that's that's a different story. Um, so I think to help the, the youth team and to help the young people connect wherever you can, your, your youth staff is chocked full of talented, willing volunteers. Um, and they might have talents that you don't even know about. So I think it's important and it's, it's a habit to really to form, to think, is there somebody else that can either A, help me with this or that can, can take ownership of this and, and really take this to the next level? Um, so that kind of wraps up the five habits that I think are, um, key in successful youth pastor's wives. And so at this point, I'm going to pass it back to brother ranking for a little time of question and answer. Thanks so much, sister Barbara. Those were great points. Um, great, uh, illustrations of things that you've done, uh, and you're still doing as a youth, a youth minister's wife. We appreciate you taking the time to share those with us and making it easy to easy to grasp and understand. Uh, as we walk through some of the question and answer, you had such a broad topic. There's so much, um, it sounds like, to being um, you know the wife of a youth pastor. One thing that we wanted to kind of talk about, I loved the line you used when you were talking about you know your own family and a role that you felt uh, a good habit of a successful youth worker's wife was to protect your family and to make the home as a haven. Um, talk to us about 
are there some things that you do when you look at your calendar or when you are planning family time maybe just some quick tips or how you and brother Chris talk through or how we're going to plan time with the boys how we're going to make sure there's a good balance to help prevent burnout and to help where your boys uh, you know they don't even realize that you're working so hard that they just you know it, it, there's, there's no problems in the family because that your guys are intentional what are some things maybe some practical everyday tips as far as maybe looking at your calendar or your schedule what do you guys do regarding that? Sure. So we try to have a couple things that we can do at our house, regardless of what the amount of time that we have or the resources that we have available. Um, so our neighborhood has some just retention ponds in it, and our six-year-old loves to fish. So um, we always, even if we have 15 minutes, we can say, hey, buddy, you want to go out and fish really quick? And that is a great way for him to know, hey, he's a priority. This is a family time. Um, it's away from any other distractions. It's outside. We're clearing our minds. Um, so as far as um, having something to do, that's something that they love to do. All, obviously, there's always grabbing a quick game of Uno or, you know, shoots and ladders. Um, but I think the, the thing that as a wife that I do is um, I try to meal plan and it sounds like really simple, but at the beginning of the week, I try to just map out what we're going to eat for the week and make sure when I go grocery shopping, I'm buying stuff for those meals and that eliminates my mind being distracted with what am I going to have to cook? Do I have the groceries I need to be able to cook for that meal? Um, have we budgeted enough to be able to go out to eat because I don't have anything to cook? It's, it's just really freed up my mind um, to be able to um, spend that time that we do have either focused on my husband or focused on my boys or focusing on myself, growing, reading books, growing, um, and being able to kind of develop myself to be the best person that I can be. Um, so for every person, I feel like that's different. I think it's important to find where are the pain points for you as a youth pastor's wife do you feel like you never know what's going to have you're going to have for dinner or do you feel like the laundry's never done identify those pain points and see what can you do to get ahead of that those, those are great tips i think it sounds great as far as redeeming the time you know just taking 15 minutes to go fishing that's that's a great you know and, and everybody's going to have their different settings and different things uh, that they can do that they can apply to themselves um when you talk you talked about you know, young ladies, the females in your youth group, um, and sometimes it's it can be you know a little bit easier for the youth pastor's wife to connect with those females in the youth group than it might be the husband. How um, you, you did talk about you know taking them with you on trips, um, it, that's that's just so critical. I wonder if you have you know, just talk us through maybe just a little deeper on how maybe even some other things you might do as youth pastors who have to pour into the girls of that student ministry and how and maybe how you help connect those girls to your husband in the right way you know as as their leader that sure. you know so just just talk to us a little bit about that okay so um yeah i think that's a great point it's easy to um to try to find ways to connect with young people but it, it can be difficult so um, a lot of times what we'll do is just really be intentional at youth events um, to create and forge relationships. So um, 
you know, if you're having, we have Friday fun nights is what we call them, which is just essentially a youth get together and there's pizza and drinks and usually board games or an open gym night or whatever. And it's really easy to just sit by the pizza and talk to the youth staff and let the kids play. Um, but the thing that we've found that's been super beneficial is to actually get out and play with the kids. Um, it puts energy into the event. It builds relationship. Um, so, you know, uh, Chris and I might play Uno with a whole group of kids that are guys and girls, and that gives them a, a way to connect to him in a way that's not preaching from the platform. Um, another thing that we like to do is um, we will have just a group of kids over to our house, to our home. Um, again, we might have a bonfire, we might play games, we, um, you know, have all sorts of different things to do at our house. But um, we usually try to make those um, groups a little bit more of an intentional connecting time. So we have program-wide events, and then we have evenings where we might have just a smaller group of kids over to our home or out to dinner or out after a church on a Sunday night um, and then just really spend time connecting with them that way. Um, and that gives both the guys and the girls an opportunity to connect with both of us in a way that's extremely appropriate. Absolutely. I like that. I think the interaction too of seeing young ladies see the way that um, a youth, pastor's uh, youth pastor would treat youth pastor's wife in the fact that, hey, we're in this together. I think that's critical for girls to see that. And then even young men to see, you know, this is how a youth pastor ought to be involving his, his spouse, his wife in this ministry. It's a together thing. And I think those are, the, I, I love that. I think that's exciting. Um, now, you talked about your marketing degree. This is a little bit different angle than the rest of the conversation and even your even your topic. But what is maybe like the biggest thing that you think that right now, if somebody doesn't have a marketing degree, but a youth pastor's wife or even youth pastors listening in to this podcast and they wonder, man, wonder, I would love to pick her brain, you know, Sister Barbara, and say, what's the biggest thing that a youth group, the easiest thing maybe right now that every youth group could do to kind of turn their marketing around and you know help their youth ministry? Oh, wow. That's, that's a big question. Um, you know, everybody is at, at such a different place in, in their youth program and kind of what their approach is to the, the marketing of it, for lack of a better word. Um, I think if, if your students is, okay, I think it's being where your students are at is probably the biggest thing. So if your students are all on Instagram, then you should have an Instagram presence that allows those students to connect with you and re remember while they're surfing on Instagram, oh yeah, it's youth nights tonight, or oh man, we're having Nerf Wars this Friday night, that seems so awesome. Um, but if they're not on Instagram or they're not on Facebook, don't spend your effort on Instagram or Facebook. Um, I think it's, it's hugely important to not lose sight of what the goal of being a youth pastor is, and that's connecting with kids and connecting them to Christ. So um, however you can best facilitate connecting your kids to Christ, that's where I would put my marketing energy. Um, we recently did, um, at Easter, we did a huge um, outreach campaign. And from my marketing mind, I was like, let's just kick this up a notch, but aside from just inviting people to church. So we did um, 
t-shirt serve team t-shirt so everybody had the same t-shirt on they felt like that was super cool um we did a little um flyer and we had one of the youth staff girls um design the flyer for us and um we did um just a little a little handout and from my marketing mind it was like okay this is a campaign um but from everybody else's mind, it was just like, this is a fun event that we're doing and it's put together. So I think I would focus on connecting kids and connecting where they're at. And then I would focus on doing it to the best of your ability. You know, the Bible says whatsoever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Um, and, and I would say that's from a marketing perspective, just go all in and, and do the best that you can with the resources that you have. Those are great. Those are great things. Thanks so much for allowing us to uh, to hear from you today in your perspective of youth ministry. Of course, growing up around it with your parents being involved in the youth team, and then of course yourself, Brother Barber, serving, and you also grew up in that youth group. So such a wealth of knowledge there. Thank you so much, Mr. Barber. We appreciate your time, and then thanks for walking through some of these questions with us. And at this point, we're going to turn the rest of this podcast over to Brother Thomas, our director of promotion. And he will be uh, closing out with a few remarks and then concluding this in prayer. And we thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Brother Ranky. And I also want to pause for just a moment and say thank you to all who were involved with helping us raise an all-time record She's for Christ offering this year. I also want to remind you that the 2018-Hyphen Tour kicks off this weekend in Milford, Delaware. We have a total of four tour stops scheduled. Delaware, Oregon, Ontario, and Texas are the four locations of the hyphen tour stops this year. You can go to hyphenonline.org to register for a tour near you and to receive more information regarding the hyphen tour. Now let's close this podcast with prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the insightful information that we've heard. I pray God that you would bless every youth worker who has taken time out to invest in their ministry. I pray that you help us as we lead this generation closer to you and help make them disciples of Jesus Christ. Pray that your anointing and your grace would sustain us for the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you once again for being part of this podcast, and thank you for your generous giving to She's for Christ. God bless you.